When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So what I want to say is, you know, I, Coleman, I hope it works out for us in the future. Who knows? Maybe our cross, uh, paths will cross again. Uh, if not, I hope we can remain friends. Yeah. <laughs> Drew just broke up with Carson Coleman. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> breaking up with Carson Coleman is a good episode title if you weren't doing yeah, anything right now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Bruising Bruins, a podcast network podcast presented by DraftKings. Um, we are here recording. I don't even know if the game's over yet, but uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, checked out after the first period. So we're not going to talk about that game at all, other than the events that preceded it. Um, Willie O'Ree's number retiring ceremony, um, obviously a super important figure in the NHL and beyond. Um, just kind of wanted to offer up our thoughts about, about Willie as a dude, um, and what he means to both the NHL and the Bruins organization. And, um, I, I, before we kick it off, we want to do some beers. Yeah. Sure thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chris, I got something else for you. Oh, yeah. What's up? boy? <laughs> <laughs> Web Cameron over here. The lighting over here soon, but I'm back on the webcam, baby. Cam Ooh. has Cam Brooke. Brooke. Cam. Mm-hmm. Damn. I was not prepared for that. Start I, I Cam. Let's gave, go. Gave you some real shit beforehand, but. Yeah, no, it's ready to rock. I know. I thought about whipping it out there, but uh, the, the camera that is. Cam, you should uh, never whip it out. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it's uh, the cold open. Decided to, decided to wait till mid pod there, so. Um, I have, uh, one of my favorite kind of macro brew, I don't know if it's technically a macro brew, but, um, larger scale brewery beers here. Uh, Lancey had it on a couple weeks ago. I've had it on here plenty of times. The Harpoon Big League, um, big hops, big haze is how it describes itself. And it's a pretty apt description, 7.2%. It is a big and juicy IPA. Nice and hazy. It's got that perfect IPA color that these guys can kind of finally see now, even though my room is really dark. Um, yeah, just if you want like a like a true IPA that tastes like an IPA that's not going to break the bank, this is the one to go for right here. I love not breaking the bank. Yes, me too. Drinkability stays unbroken. Yeah, they did it in the twenties and it, it fucked their shit up for a while. So, uh, drinkability probably pretty low. It is um, a bit bitter. Um, 
got that kind of sweet citrusy to it, but it's got the bitter aftertaste. I'm going to say probably about a 10 and taste. can certainly taste it. 28 for taste. Um, very tasteable, but not any specific types of flavors that jump out at you. So I won't kind of put it into the 30s. But like I said, if, it's, if you want just a reliable IPA, Harpoon Big League is for you. That was a good ad. Something like that. All right, I'll uh, I'll go next. Save the best for last because I don't have a super interesting beer. I got a Kona Big Wave. I saw one of you guys were drinking oh, yeah. one of these uh, maybe over the weekend. Yes, that was, sir. That was Mr. Drew over here. Shoddy um, Peak in Maine. Yeah, I, I I've had it on the pod before. Um, I think a pretty solid, crushable beer. I uh, I like the kind of floral notes in it, and it's uh, it's mostly inoffensive. 35 drinkability, 12 tasteability. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Love that. Love it. I here have a doppelganger, but there's an umlaut. That's an umlaut, right? The double dot. I honestly don't know. Uh, I know that it's what it's called when it's over the U. I don't know yeah, if that so changes when a... it's over a different letter. Well, maybe it's an omlaut because it's an A. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> a, a doppelganger here. From uh, Geary Brewing Company, established 1983, and I saw somewhere on the can, I lost it now, but I think they claim to be like the original or like the first like craft beer, like brewing company in Maine. I'm not seeing that now, so maybe I was wrong. I'll give it to them anyway, the oldest craft brewing company in Maine <laughs> since 83. Uh, a nice 8%. Um, it is rich with multi-sweetness and mild hot bitterness. Doppelganger is a full-bodied dark lager with a rich malt flavor and a clean, crisp finish. So I'm not always a fan of the darker beers. I actually had one at the Ski Mountain over the weekend from Shed Brewing Company, and I, I ordered it thinking it was like maybe an IPA or something. It turned out to be a dark beer. It, it had a lot of chocolatiness, and I like that. Which, which Shed was it? I, I forget the name because it was just you see it on the tap. Oh, that's a Shed Brewing one. I like that company. You know, like I... So, uh, mystery. If someone go out there, in fact, Lancey, go figure it out. <laughs> yeah, Lancey. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Figure it out. Ooh. Figure so, it. yeah, this definitely has, like, that chocolatey kind of feel to it. Like, it does have that sweetness. It's a darker beer, but it has that sweetness at the end. Um, and I can definitely tell there's a little bit of hoppiness, but definitely it's more on the sweeter side than hoppy. So, Eight percent though it is it is pretty heavy drinkability, yeah that that's tough. I'm gonna have to go eighteen on that, um, and that's considering that's an eight percent. It's definitely a heavier beer. Tasteability, that sweetness really comes out, and I really do like that. Tasteability, I'm gonna go with the thirty. All right, right on. Um, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's uh, let's go straight into our thoughts on the uh, Willie O'Ree ceremony and thoughts thoughts on him in, in general. I. Uh, I wanted to say a couple of words about him because he's not only a an ambassador for uh, the black community in hockey, the Bruins community in hockey, but he's also a, a brilliant ambassador for the San Diego community in hockey. And he's he's lived in the San Diego area for over thirty years, and um, kind of a, just a very visible figure in in San Diego hockey. Um, just uh, kind of always going to the games. He's doing events and and really just spreading. Hot. <laughs> Apologies, COVID is uh, something you don't want uh, after effects. Um, 
just spreading spreading the game everywhere and and I guess one of the things I wanted to reflect on is that yes, he broke the color barrier in the NHL and obviously that is an incredible feat and deserves he deserves every um amount of acclaim that he gets for that and I, I mean the retiring of the numbers long overdue and I think it should be retired in the whole league um but also with that he's it's not his job to be an ambassador for for hockey um but he made it his job um and he's been an incredible and and visible figure in the hockey world um for for his entire life so um for that i'm i'm grateful and i absolutely love that man he's uh, everybody i've talked to everybody i've seen an interview with who's talked to him just absolutely gushes about how incredible he is and um what a great mentor he is to to anybody who wants to play hockey yeah absolutely uh just got to pick up on that i was kind of thinking similar things uh on the way home today just driving back uh before the game and um you know obviously what he did for the sport as a player pioneering really for for black hockey players and people who wanted to play hockey and, and even i think outside of hockey maybe you know i mean it, just kind of traditionally very white spaces uh hockey is as we've discussed on here a, a microcosm of, of that for large society and uh, to do something like he did just as a player is outstanding. But then I think Chris put into words really well, just saying he's not, it's not his job after his career to, to be an ambassador, do anything more than go out there and, and play, which is what he wanted to do and what he did. Um, but to see him kind of pick it up and to this day, really still make an impact. And um, I mean, look, this guy was playing what 60 years ago at this point, And there's still guys on the ice today who are, you know, saying, it was an immediate impact of him playing. And, you know, obviously it's all one trail there. So um, just to see the impact that he's had outside of just playing, I mean, 45 NHL games is a remarkable thing. And, and to go on and, and spend really the rest of his life trying to dig in and, and find a space for everyone in hockey is, is really something that deserves a separate honor, but you can't say enough good things about him. And he seems like such a, a genuine guy. I've never obviously had the pleasure to meet him or anything like that, but uh, from what everybody who has and, and, you know, works with him to this day says about him, it's just gushing great things. So congratulations. I think it's super long overdue. Obviously, like Chris had said, you look at major league baseball has been celebrating Jackie Robinson day since 2004. So um, hockey, a little late to the party uh, as, as usual on these kinds of things, but, um, certainly better late than never. And, you know, it's a, it's a cool thing to see the Bruins um, playing a part in that, obviously some of you grew up Bruins fan and stuff. So um, yeah, long overdue. And uh, it's too bad. He couldn't make the trip out and stuff because of COVID or whatever, but it seems like he, uh, him and his family enjoy the ceremony and stuff. And I'm sure he's going to keep doing great work to this day. Yeah. I think it, like the ceremony itself kind of captured the impact that Willie has just like, if you look at who was raising the banner, which I believe it was Anson Carter, a, a person of color, a hockey player Bruin. Uh, I think he played also, it was like Columbus. I was looking quickly or, or Vancouver. Sorry. Wow. It's the old Vancouver jerseys I was seeing. So I thought it was the dark blue Columbus, <laughs> but uh, it, and then it was, uh, I believe they introduced as like a middle schooler who plays hockey. And it just shows like he's had that like impact that he's kind of paved the way for players of color to 
get into the NHL and play, but also all of this work that he's done after working with kids. I, I During that ceremony, a lot of what you saw on the screen was him working with kids, uh, more so than even him playing in a Bruins uniform, which I think just speaks volumes about the lasting impact he's had and just the continuation of what he's done for the game and been an ambassador to the game. Um, and, and a quote that really stuck with me that he said is, uh, if you think you can, then, then you got it. If you think you can't, then you're right. Um, you know, like you really have to have that belief that you can do it. And that's something that it seems like he had the entire way. I think he said something about how a doctor something with his site, how a doctor said, you know, you're probably not going to be able to play hockey. And boom, two years later, he's in the NHL yeah. uh, breaking the color barrier. So uh, just perseverance on many fronts and just how much he did for the game. It's about time he got that recognition. Um, and I, I hope that continues too. Um uh, because I think it was what a couple years ago that he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and now the Bruins are finally retiring the number. Like you guys kind of said, NHL behind the wave there, behind, uh, you know, it took, takes too long for them to recognize anything, let alone something as big as this and, and Willie O'Ree's impact. So uh, glad to finally see it, though, and just well-deserved. Yeah, he kind of skirted over it there, but it is absolutely incredible. Um, and also a reminder of why we wear at least visors nowadays in the NHL. Uh, but he was hit in the, in the right eye with a puck. Right. And I think he yep. said it fractured or shattered something with his, his, I think his actual Fully retina, detached said. retina, yeah. A detached retina, yeah. And he said he was 95% blind in one of his eyes um, and still managed to carve out a, a bit of an NHL career and, and be a professional hockey player, which is insane to think about most people can't do that with you know fully functioning eyes or any you know what i mean anything it's just remarkable to yeah. have that kind of setback and still i mean obviously that's i'm sure that was a, a not a small but you look at the two kind of the massive adversity had to overcome between an entering an all-white game in the league in an era where that you know was obviously not common or hadn't happened yet and was not going to be the most accepting uh, and then adding on to the fact that you can barely see out of one of your eyes it's it, Anybody could have hung up the skates there and, you know, been respected for it. But it shows you how much drive he had to to make his dreams come true. And it's, you know, it's a cliche, but it is truly incredible to watch that happen. Yeah. Uh, just a, a really awesome event, really awesome moment. Um, it, it was cool to see that a lot of our Twitter friends were there to see it. Um, mm. And yeah, ha- happy for, happy for Willie and, um, the, there were a couple of cool things I saw today, people reflecting on, on some things that had, uh, had gone down in the past few years, like, uh, especially after he got inducted to the hall of fame in 2018. Um, I know, uh, Matt Grizzlick's dad had been, uh, hanging yeah. on to one of his jerseys for, for a long time or had, had procured it. Um, as I think he was one of the equipment managers way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and presented it to him uh, again after he got inducted to the uh, hall of fame and, you know, just seeing Willie uh, enjoying those moments is really cool. Um, and uh, I, I guess today or yesterday, the San Diego gulls presented him with one of his game worn jer- jerseys. Oh, awesome. Um, and he uh, obviously was uh, touched by that. And uh, I, I love seeing stuff like that. Yeah. No, another thing uh, it was, there was this whole uh, I saw um, behind the B, the Bruins were 
presented him what it was Bergeron just telling him like we're really proud they it was him Marsha and Pasta who were really speaking towards that they told him that you know Boston made it um that Willie O'Ree Day in the city of Boston um and they presented him with a hat too and it was just even throughout that whole ceremony Marshawn was just beaming and I, I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know if he has some sort of like personal relationship with Willie just throughout his years in Boston and such. But he he was he seemed absolutely thrilled. Um, and a side note was that there was a shot of Gary Bettman texting during the ceremony. So I think that, that, that speaks volumes. Um, yeah. Gary, the the thing that they had Gary, but whatever Gary Bettman said during the presentation was also some like wild bullshit that. Uh, <laughs> no matter who you are all you got to do is work hard and you can get there or something like that (laughs) come on man that's not how that works (laughs) some some people just need to work harder than others it's just how it's fucking bed for stupid reasons anyway all right do we want to talk what's up DraftKings, we're on to the divisional <laughs> round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Right, only new customers. You newbies better get in there. No, that's in the read. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get a 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You can still get in on all the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds and feel the sweat like never before on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official the sports betting partner sweat. of the NFL. Sweat. <laughs> Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5, $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ooh, all right. <laughs> Right, it's interesting now knowing that DraftKings actually checks on our ad reads and like there's some cool to it. Yeah, you can't slur <laughs> through them anymore when I'm like <laughs> Okay, yeah, we can't do them blitzed anymore is basically yeah. what it means. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's you just got to do well blitzed. It's all right. Um, yeah, you so read the blitz. The the lingering effects of COVID uh post being symptomatic are uh that my throat just like feels a little itchy and i sound super sexy so i'm, I'm hoping <laughs> it's a win-win hoping <laughs> it's one of those win. hoping one of those sticks around hoping the other goes away <laughs> <laughs> but uh right now i got my real good radio voice going on so uh and i had to had to flex and had to host this episode yeah talk is um, out there talk is sleep <laughs> or at least a bed Ayo. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like we said nothing much to talk about about the uh the game that happened after the ceremony. I was going to say, I thought it was an incredibly classy gesture of the the Carolina Hurricanes to come out just for the ceremony since there was no game being played after. Yeah, pretty wild. (laughs) They made the track. Yeah, but we've recorded over, we last recorded over a week ago, so we we didn't catch most of the the Pasternak on Fuego. Um, no, yeah. The yeah, he, he, he even get the Marshy hat trick in there. 
Yeah, I mean, Mar- Marshy first star of the week, right? Ten, yeah, six, six ten goals points. Forces, was it? Yeah, yeah ten, 10 points in four games or whatever. And not an all star, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah. non all star Brad Marchand. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, those those guys are humming and they're humming on different lines, which is cool. I mean, the obviously the power play is working, but you know, it, it's it's great to see those top two lines meshing a bunch. Um, I don't have a whole lot, <laughs> a whole lot extra to say about it, but um, that that's that's fun stuff, and uh, I hope the defense works its way out. Yeah, yeah, I mean the the line change is working. That is just spreading the wealth, and even the depth's getting in there. Defense is the sore spot. Part of that is just what's been happening with them for COVID protocol. You had Grizz in there for a bit. You had Mike Riley, the newest member. Uh, of the protocol list this um, is the this is the proof of concept by the way this is what happens to your defense when mike riley isn't there yeah right Falls yeah exactly the seams um and then you got you got guys like lewingston or, or whatever the fuck lewingston <laughs> uh, i don't know you got guys like that in there right and it's not like i'm not trying to shit on them but like that's that's what who you're putting out on the ice so that definitely i think they need a bolster <laughs> bolster the roster there but it's great to see the offense clicking putting posture knock down the second line is working with hollow there it's working and i've talked about how hollow maybe not the best guy to have on the second line there his style of play really does match posture knocking hall and he's a good place filler there for right now obviously um just based on the execution that's been there um so it's really working out you see marshawn and pasta back-to-back games having hat tricks that tells you enough i think about those lines and i i mean yeah the power play too (laughs) plays into that but uh you know five on five both of those lines have been really good so Really good to see um, that, that that's working out because I think there's a lot of people that were skeptical. I was skeptical just in terms of how long is Cassidy going to give him. Um, I guess he didn't have to give him long, though, to see some results. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the depth's been nice, I think. Uh, I kind of talked to my dad about it earlier, but tonight uh, the Carolina game was supposed to be a, a pretty big test for the Bruins. I mean, obviously they've been on this heater since they came back from the COVID break. Um, only lost that one game in Minnesota. Got a couple of pretty impressive wins, including a pretty nice shellacking of uh, Tampa Bay about a week and a half ago. But, um, you know, Carolina's on another level right now. This team is a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. We're seeing why uh, right now, as I'm seeing plus five and a half live spread on the Bruins right now. It's still <laughs> plus 230 odds. Um, but, yeah, I mean, tonight was supposed to be a big test, and obviously the Bruins have at least in a, in a small sense – very minor sample size failed it miserably here. Um, but I don't know at if the end seven of the day, goals against is a small sample size. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair, I suppose. <laughs> oh, it's seven now, Jesus Christ. It's seven to one, yeah. Oh, no, right. I mean, uh, this I is pulled it up just moment. to see if like Marshy or Pasta scored again while we were talking about that. Yeah. But uh, no, <laughs> no one yeah, has scored good. since the Bergeron goal. Wasn't good at all. Um, but yeah, no, so I uh, I just think this is kind of the, the moment we've been waiting for here. Obviously, they were flying a little close to the sun the last couple of weeks and eventually they were going to burn out a little bit. Um, seeing it tonight against Carolina, still got a couple of big games coming up I in mean, Washington on, on Thursday, you know, it was always going to be a, a test and um, they played last week too. And, you know, went toward the Bruins and stuff, but to see how they bounce back from this anyway, is going to be big. Um, just anytime you're on a heater like that, obviously you can keep that momentum going as long as you can, but this is certainly a humbling game. Uh, 
against Carolina. So to see how they bounce back and, and see if they can keep playing as well or, or close to where they were at the last couple of weeks, or if they're going to fall back to the team that we saw for the first couple months of the season. Um, the next next two weeks really are going to be pretty pretty defining, I think, for what the the teams does the rest of the season. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. How you how you bounce back from bad losses is very important. Uh, you know, testing a team that you know has a lot of new guys on it, and uh, you know maybe you don't know how that's that's going to play out. But um, yeah, I guess the. The one other piece of Bruins news that I wanted to go over was the uh, Carson Kuhlman waving, and then uh, he got picked up by Seattle. Not cool, um, man. Kind of, kind of memorialize his time with Boston. <laughs> um, and anything to say, Drew, who uh, I know <laughs> as a college hockey guy, uh, really enjoyed uh, watching him in college. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a, a, a great college player. He's a decent NHL player, a depth player. Um, I mean, I think Seattle, it looks like they need anybody right now. Maybe cool. will get some first line minutes. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think at this point, it's been nice to see that the Bruins have I would characterize Kuhlman like into this cluster of different Bruins that have been able to fill the void. You got guys like Anton Bleed, Oscar Steen, those guys as of late kind of fill in that void. Um, just like a, a younger depth player that it's kind of doing what you're asking of them. Um, but, you know, the Bruins seem to have a surplus in that category now, which is nice that we're seeing more and more of these younger players finally carving out some sort of role on the team. I don't think the Bruins are necessarily hurt by losing him for that reason. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at depth in terms of stuff with COVID, then maybe you want a Carson Kuhlman there. But, uh, you know, if you're just looking at the 18 skaters that you're fielding or, you know, if you think maybe 21 with the, with the scratches, um, the healthy scratches, you're in a fine position. I think he's a good two-way depth player, and I think he'll remain that for, like, the rest of his career with, I think he's one of those players that will probably bounce around a bit. I don't think he's a lifer on any team. Um, so, but uh, thank you for your service, Kuhlman. It was a blast to watch you, honestly. I, Cause I, I watched him since he won the NCAA championship. I watched that, that whole, uh, yeah, the Deleuze, yeah. four and he, he would an amazing performance. There. I think he had Absolutely. the first goal in, uh, did, did he win two with Duluth? I'm trying to remember. I know he had the first goal and the natty. I forget if that was, uh, the first or second year, but that doesn't matter. I know um, you, when he won it the second in his, in his, if it was the second, he won it in his senior year, and that yeah. was his sending off and was like player of the tournament. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, no, anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I think like Drew said, I think he's probably going to be a guy that bounces around. Um, certainly reminiscent of, of, like you said, those kind of bottom six filling guys. But um, I, don't know, I thought he was one of the more fun, entertaining players to watch. He was always somebody that was moving his legs and. Um, kind of one of those guys who just was going to put his head down and, and rip around the corners and throw bodies and try to force turnovers in the corners and um, got to be shot happy sometimes, which was nice. You kind of see those guys defer a lot of the time, I think, toward your more traditional shooters. But he was somebody who was eager to play below the other team's you know, face-off dots, whether it was in the corner or fighting for space in front of the net. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. When I think of Carson Coleman, I just think of a player like, for checking as hard as he can, which is something a lot of coaches will pick up on and, and appreciate at, at any level. Um, so yeah, hopefully he's got some good things ahead for him, like like Drew said, and 
you know, probably will bounce around a little bit, but it's not a bad life when you're making a few million dollars. So <laughs> good for him. Yeah. I think earlier this year, I characterized him ha- as like the perfect fourth liner for today's NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think he's going to find a home somewhere, if not in Seattle, somewhere else. I just really solid defensively um, with some offensive upside. And I think that's really what a lot of teams are looking for on their fourth line, especially a guy who can skate um, and, and keep up with some of the faster players. And it's not a huge mismatch if he gets um, caught up playing against some other team's top line. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it just never really clicked offensively for him. I think the the plan was always for him to be like a third liner, and it, it just never really worked out that way. And I, I think maybe Cassidy didn't see him as physical enough to, to play on the fourth line. Um, but like Cam said, I, he was always grinding and he was always noticeable. And I, there, there were always a few games where, you know, he, he would have a good offensive output and then he, he'd get asked a bunch of questions at at the press conference afterwards and people would ask questions of other players about him and everyone would always say good things. So I I think overall good player, but uh, like Drew was saying, not somebody that the Bruins are going to miss because they do have those depth pieces that have stepped up and kind of covered for him. And, you know, when a guy runs out of uh, options, you can't really uh, dangle him around anymore. You can't be, letting a guy like that stick around in Providence for too long. And um, yeah, it, uh, good for him. I think he'll, he'll have a better opportunity to uh, make his mark in Seattle. Yeah. I think, I think one more thing I'll say about Kuhlman is that I think he'll sign, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a prediction and that is he'll sign his next contract whenever that is. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be like a free agent or whatever this year, but uh, sign his next contract. He'll be a nice fourth liner, three, four years, whatever. And then the Bruins will pick him up in free agency as they inevitably do with players because they're always looking to fill those bottom six. The Bruins will sign him again. So what I want to say is, you know, I, Coleman, I hope it works out for us in the future. Who knows? Maybe our cross, uh, paths will cross again. Uh, if not, I hope we can remain friends. Damn. <laughs> Drew just broke up with Carson Coleman. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Breaking up with Carson it. Coleman is a good episode title if we weren't doing yeah, everything right now. <laughs> but he'll just name it for Friday anyway. <laughs> Um, and I guess the last piece of news uh, is maybe the biggest news uh, outside of the oh, Willie O'Ree stuff. Um, the PHF going all the way up to 750k for their salary caps, yeah. and uh, with plans to add two teams in the future with uh, definite expansion to Montreal, and then I guess they're kind of open for for business for another American team. Um, yeah, very cool to see. Um, uh, th- they're still not getting paid enough, but I mean, at least the this shows that this has worked so far. Um, I think the the test was putting it on ESPN Plus and seeing mm-hmm. what the you know what the response is like. Is this worth our while? Um, and even though the the season is kind of sputtered because of COVID. Um, I mean, <laughs> the Pride haven't played in like three weeks or something um, just because of like the way bye weeks have lined up with, uh, with the COVID issues. But um, obviously the interest is out there. I mean, anybody who's, who's part of our 
bubble uh knows that the following is there <laughs> like we, we all see it and the people are, are rabid for this stuff and I, I mean if you're a if you're a true hockey fan um i i would and you're not already watching uh the phf i would highly suggest it it's fun stuff like we we've all watched it it's it's a good product there's good reason to be paying them the money they deserve and uh yeah good for them like this is this is cool news yeah just to kind of piggyback off it i was reading a little bit about uh more about it from the ice garden and um obviously the the big news is jumping like chris said from 300,000 to 750,000 salary cap um that's going to allow players to get paid closer to what they're worth i mean we're still not there yet but that's obviously a 150% increase over you know year over year is is pretty remarkable and a testament to how much the you know the women's game and uh has already grown but then you also go and then you look at 25 million dollar investment over just 3 years so seven and a half of that is going towards salary and benefits, which um, is awesome. I, I saw that includes maternity leave, so that's nice to see. Uh, you get a 28-game season, so that it gets expanded. Uh, and then the league really investing in its players. They're each getting um, – it's a 10% of equity from each team is going to be contributed to an investment pool that's owned by the players. Um, so that's kind of nice. I mean, obviously, you get the, the direct salary, but then um, – each of these players has a, a financial reason to really invest in the league as well and stick with it. And, um, you know, kind of just, uh, there's, there's several options out there for, for players. So to see them kind of stick with PHF and, um, that opportunity of, Hey, you get your salary, which is obviously increasing here, but then also, you know, you're benefiting from the entire league growing as well is, is really awesome to see. So, um, yeah, the, the type of financial investment you want to see in that and hopefully, uh, you know, we kind of keep seeing this year over year, more expansion, more, you know, benefits, higher salary, more games, that sort of thing. Uh, definitely good to see. And I don't know, like, just like Chris said, a, a really a sign that the traction is already there and, and the more money you throw into this, the more you're going to be able to pump out of it. So keep going. If I had a shit ton of money, I'd be buying a franchise right now and starting one, but maybe we'll start one. Well, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Probably get kicked see off. if we can, yeah, see if we can do a Kickstarter. Yeah, I like it. Uh, um, I think, I, I think the amazing thing is that you know, for the since the league's inception, a lot of these players have been working like a, another like full time job because they're not being paid enough. I think that anyone who's playing at an elite level of hockey should be able to do that for a living and not have to worry financially about. Yeah, yeah. shouts to our friend Mallory, who's a biomedical engineer. Yeah, which yeah. I kind of like as as much as I want her to be paid enough to not have to do that. It's so fucking badass that she's also yeah. doing that. That I kind of like. Yeah, maybe you should just keep doing it anyway. Um. Yeah, I just think it's overdue. I'm fine. I'm glad that it's not like they've been holding back because they like didn't want to. It seems like the, it, the league has needed to have the time to grow. And yeah. I'm glad it's finally getting to that point where it's like, okay, we see we recognize we're growing. And we're going to accelerate that pace, like you said, a 150% increase um, is just the <laughs> league really making a statement that yes, we're going to invest in our players. And I think that as it goes along, if you're creating a good culture with your players and really showing that you care about them and, and they are the product, you don't have a league, you don't have a, a game to put on without them. Um, that's only going to do better things as the league continues to grow and adding two more teams, I think is awesome. 
Um, I am interested to see where that American team lands. I think it's great that they're going to have one in Montreal. I think that's a given. There should be <laughs> Montreal teams in any hockey league ever. Even the KHL should have a Montreal team. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, it'll be really interesting to see. And I think that just does wonders for the game wherever they expand. Uh, top, that means top of expanding. your head, where would you guys kind of like Detroit? That's yeah. that's a good that's a good one. I was thinking St. Louis, just trying to like expand yeah. a little bit, or uh, like. Uh, but I, yeah. I think Detroit's probably a more realistic one. Just St. Paul, the geography. Yeah. Oh no, they already have Minnesota. Duh. I'm like Minnesota needs yeah. more hockey, but yeah. I do. I, I do. Think I was just thinking of north. like geographically, like figuring yeah. out where to go next. I think Florida would be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that's not too far away from from the rest of the league right now, because I, I don't think you could go like L.A. That just yeah. creates uh, a burden of travel, cool. but um, yeah, it's I, I, the Mid Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it'll be northeast still, northeast corner, but not like New England or New York is kind. I, of I think New like England, Philly or Pittsburgh really. are pretty yeah. reasonable s's. I, I think those are kind of the the I wouldn't say lame, but the the ones that are. You know, easier to easier, yeah, <laughs> yeah. safer the safer ones. I, yeah. I I think I think they kind of gotta stick to a bit safer just as the league is growing, and you see that's how like leagues tend to grow. They go with the safer bet where the fan yeah. base already is, and then take that what they've built up there and move it along. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they grow. You know, it's grown to eight teams. They had just added a six team last season. Like they're, they're gonna. I hope they keep growing at this sort of pace. And obviously with any league, you can't, uh, you don't want to grow too quickly and then have teams like the Arizona coyotes. Um, hey, <laughs> Hey man, straight <laughs> shots, dude. Chris All right. right Fine. Uh, you don't want teams like the Buffalo Sabres. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but I, it, it's great to see overall. Yeah. Very positive stuff. Hell yeah. yeah. I guess, uh, a couple other things I wanted to mention that uh, I don't know if we talked about previously, but the exclusive partnership with warrior as a, an equipment provider and sponsor, mm-hmm. and then the upper deck uh, hockey cards mm-hmm. yep. that are going to yep. be coming out. Um, well, I think the the cards especially are a really cool way to, you know, generate more revenue and, and generate more interest. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be scooping those up. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, trading cards. That, uh, players of the new deal has uh, like image and likeness profits going to players and stuff too. So that would be that's more opportunity there for for individual athletes and stuff to kind of profit off of their own game and brand, which is always good to see. Yeah, I think I think trading cards really needs to make a comeback. I think too many kids are playing hockey ultimate team and <laughs> FIFA Real ultimate hockey. team and I mean shit like that. Tra- like, trading cards need... are huge in other sports like basketball, like those it's absolutely for, for sure. I think it's more like it became like I know when I was a kid and, and really way before that, I was kind of on the end of the wave there, probably you too, Cam, uh, that like it was like a really popular thing to have like cards and to be trading them or whatever. And now it's more of this niche where it's like people are shooting for the valuable cards because they're yeah. they're so old now. So I would I would love to see it expand again because 
I don't know. It, it was just such a great memory of like opening the cards. And then my, my cousins who live next door to me had cards too. We trade them. We just look at them. We get packs together and then be like, fuck, you got a better pack. I was going through some of my stuff when I was back in my parents' place. And I have a pretty wild baseball card collection that is probably not worth very much because I didn't keep very good care of them. But uh, I, I have a couple of like, nomar rookie cards hey. are, i was gonna say like a babe ruth rookie card. <laughs> yeah I, I have a roger clemens card uh like from his time with the red Sox. like that that's nice. probably worth something if, if in better condition but even if it's only like 50 bucks that's great value for a piece of cardboard that you got <laughs> in a like three dollar pack yeah. Like, yeah. 20 years ago yeah that's good I didn't even get it in a three dollar pack. I had a friend who like inherited it from his dad, who like gave it to me for my birthday one year because he was a baseball fan. Fifty percent more value, yeah. than that, just based on spookiness and stuff. So spookiness, spooky yeah. value. <laughs> you put it on Facebook Marketplace and just spooky value in the the comments section. <clears throat> All right, we got we got anything else that we want to do? Any uh, questions or anything? I think we have four questions if you want to run through them now or save them for later this week. I think we save them and do a questions episode later this week, maybe. Yeah, I think we I think we did a pretty decent length episode here. Yeah, 46. Are you satisfied, listeners? <laughs> send so, us an email. Send us a new review on Spotify. Wow. Well, who, who's checked the email recently? Do we have any emails? Oh, no. Let me let me check it. Let's just see if there's anything. <laughs> let's God. see if there's any. Just for shits and gigs. Yeah, too. yeah. Let's uh, see. Send us more memes. Uh, let's see. Let's switch to the Bruins and Bruins at gmail.com, by the way, if you want to send us the Bruce fan mail. And Bruins, A-N-D. Um, let's That's see. Let's see. Uh, Elliot Bose F573 at Gmail says, Respected subscriber, your subscription to Norton Pack has successfully been... Re- I think this is... All right. Uh, uh, so this is another episode. All right, well, thanks for listening to this episode of Bruce and Bruins. I've been Chris with my co-hosts, Cam and Drew. Who we continue Woo! to be. Who continue to be Cam and Drew. I'm Cam. I'm Drew. Tune in later in the week and we'll be back. Thank you for listening.